That's so fascinating about The Exorcism, by the way. Have you read The Ring? Yeah. No, but I've seen the movie. It's a, the, okay, the, the movie's, movie's trash. Yeah, the movie's like, The yeah. book, I couldn't put it down. Really? It is so good. Okay. I would recommend reading that. All right. All right. Hi everyone, welcome back to Speak Lord Podcast. I am your host, Sarah. It's good to be back with you all today. And uh, today I am joined by our friend and classmate, Jay Clivingstone, and I'm so excited for Jake to share his story with you all. Um, I think it's a really awesome testament to God's love um, and how, how God is working in our lives and he wants us to be with him. So it's yeah. awesome. So thanks so much for coming. I'm glad to be here. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So how long, just maybe to start off a bit of background, how mm-hmm. long have you been Catholic for? I've been Catholic uh, officially for 11 months. Wow. So pretty new. Um, yeah. And so it'll be a year on October 6th because I was confirmed on the Feast of St. Bruno last year. Um, at the Cathedral of the Madeline in Salt Lake City. Unreal. So that's pretty cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We'll much. have to have a big party next month. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> One year party. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe if we can go back um, and just like how you got to that point, like what mm-hmm. is your your background before becoming Catholic and maybe how, how you got there? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. So, um, yeah, I was raised uh, North Shore, uh, Massachusetts. Um, non-religious family but very loving family um you know we had our issues like every family does Mm -hmm. but um so yeah so i mean it starts back when i was probably six years old i was uh, laying in bed one night and i was thinking about uh death and i was really scared about death like genuinely um Mm -hmm. scared and i so i wanted some answers and i asked my dad uh what happens after we die and he didn't have an answer for me and i was really mad um so i started to think about just nothingness at all and it was like kind of had like a little mini existential crisis when I was six which was um, weird so ever since then I kind of was was thinking about death um, a lot when I was young Um, and then kind of stopped thinking about that Um, and then when I was about probably 12 I switched schools got a new group of friends um, and they were I mean, they're great kids, like, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, all raised Catholic, but all walked away from the faith. Um, so in high school, we started to kind of get into some, um, you know, just bad, bad high school stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in high school, I started to, to really struggle with, um, you know, kind of depression, um, lack of, of meaning. I wasn't quite a nihilist, but I was thinking like, you know, if God doesn't exist, why why are we here? Like, why does this matter? Why are we taking things so seriously? So, um, I was kind of, I kind of had this rebellious attitude when I was about 16. So from the time I was 16 to probably 20, um, I was pretty far from God, but I still philosophically, um, was a little bit inclined towards it. Um, but I think the main thing that got me and people are kind of surprised when I tell them this is I was always interested in the existence of ghosts. Um, when I was little, I always felt like ghosts existed, um, spirits, the spiritual realm existed. So, um, as you know, I was scared when I was younger, I thought my house was haunted. Um, and then when I got to college, I started hearing testimonies of people who, uh, actually had hauntings and I oh, was, wow. um, Interesting. yeah. And I was, I was pretty captivated by it because they seemed, um, extremely reasonable. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, are all these people lying? Like, it, it didn't seem like that was the case. So, um, I started to be really interested. I wanted to prove the existence of ghosts because I was like, if people don't know about this and 
and they figure it out, I feel like it'll just, it'll rock their world. Cause for me, I was like, if I, you know, ended up seeing a ghost at some point, I don't know if I'd ever be the same. Like I look at life completely differently. So that led me into seeing a testimony of this um, exorcist. I forget his name, um, but he was an exorcist and he studied, um, or when he was ordained an exorcist, he still didn't believe in demons, even though he was a priest, um, which okay. is surprising. Wow. Uh, and then, so he, uh, so he ended up being uh, sent to the Vatican and sat in on over 40 exorcisms. Um, so we witnessed 40 exorcisms. And this guy came across as a completely reasonable guy, not seeking attention, kind of mm -hmm. just like this quiet, humble heart who wouldn't make something up. And I was, I was completely captivated by the testimony. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that demons could be cast out in the name of Jesus yeah. was shocking to me. So I was thinking, well, you know, Jesus must have some sort of um, power mm -hmm. to his name. So who is, yeah, mm -hmm. so who is this Jesus? Um, so that kind of all convinced me of the truth of Christianity. Um, so I almost opened up the Bible knowing it was God's word um, before wow. I read the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the lead up. Um, there's a lot of other uh, stuff that maybe I'll leave out for now. But yeah, so that was kind of what spurred me on to Christianity in general. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. It's so interesting when you can like stop and look back and see like <laughs> back as far as like even six-year-old little Jake. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and how like he's been working and like leading you to this point. Yeah, six-year-old stressed out Jake, yeah. And then I asked out, I asked my mom um, what religion we were when I was like 12. Yeah. Um, and she said like, uh, Universalist Unitarian and I remember being like I have no idea what that means yeah. mom, but um, So I was like I always have been searching for meaning mm -hmm. um, But ended up I guess filling that God-sized uh, hole in my heart with mm -hmm. um, You know drinking and kind of worldly things, but mm -hmm. uh, I, I Realized I knew when I was doing it. It wasn't the answer mm -hmm. um, But it provided that temporary relief. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I pursued that for a little bit, but God, um, yeah, God was, was calling me mm -hmm. and eventually I was just, I, yeah, had a hard time resisting. Anymore, yeah. So I think that's very similar too to a lot of young people today who are really searching for that meaning mm -hmm. that you talk about and, um, especially teenagers, I think, and not mm -hmm. being fulfilled mm -hmm. and searching, um, for that purpose in their yeah. life. Um, yeah. so yeah, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So then you were convinced of Christianity. Yeah, so I was convinced of Christianity, um, but I should have became Catholic right away, um, but um, especially because of the testimony from the exorcist, mm -hmm. but I had some misconceptions about Catholicism, and I think looking back, the biggest one was the papacy. Um, if it wasn't for the papacy or my misconceptions about the papacy, I probably would have became Catholic then, um, but I, I didn't see it scripturally. And I think I was kind of, I gravitated naturally towards this idea of like, it should be explicitly in scripture, mm -hmm. which looking back now and, and hearing from Catholics, I think it, I think you can, I mean, it really is, it's right there. Yeah. Um, and so I was shocked when I, when I realized that, but, um, so I became Protestant for, I guess I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 20. Um, it's Protestant language, yeah. but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um but that's what I was, I was thinking uh, when I was 20 and, you know, I didn't really have a church, but I was, uh, you know, reading my Bible, um, not kind of delving into those sins that I, I was before. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, eventually I, um, 
was I going to say? Sorry, I completely forget. No, you're good. Uh, Wait, you, can I just stop you for a second? Yeah, so yeah. You, you didn't have a church, but did you have like a community or like no. Protestant friends or no? Mm -mm. So I had like no community. I didn't know one Christian, um, oh, wow. which was tough. Um, but I was like, all right, like eventually I'll, I'll meet some Christians and it'll be okay. But in the meantime, <laughs> looking back, eventually. I, eventually, yeah. But I, I yeah, it was uh, definitely uh, an area lacking in my life. Mm -hmm. But when I was about 22, um, I transferred out to the University of Utah to finish my undergrad. Um, and when I was out there, I joined a Baptist church. Um, and, you know, they were very centered on the word, um, very faithful, very loving people. Mm -hmm. um, so... I was like, wow, like, I couldn't really imagine a better community. Um, they did have the praise and worship music. Um, which I love. Which I was, I was struggling <laughs> with. Um, but I was struggling to get into it. But other people clearly loved it. Um, and I was baptized, um, let's see, November of, November of 2017. So it was the 500th year of the Protestant Reformation, um, which they made a big deal about. Um, so I was baptized then and there, you know, baptized by immersion, the, the Baptist, the Baptist baptism. Um, and after that, I started to notice um, some problems that I had with their theology. So I'd sit through sermons and just be kind of gritting my teeth and thinking, well, I don't quite agree with that. I don't quite agree with that. Um, and this was about a nine month process of, of wrestling with, with them. And okay. um, a lot of it was Calvinism at first. Um, but also their views on justification. Um, so it was really just like core Protestant doctrines that I disagreed with. And I yeah. was like, all right, there's, you know, there's a problem here. Something's wrong here. Yeah, yeah. something's <laughs> wrong. So I was like, well, who's the best person to go to? And I figured, well, I'll look at the earliest Christians. So back I go. Um, and I, I read St. Ignatius of Antioch's letters. Um, so he's on his way to get martyred in Rome, um, getting eaten by lions. And he seems pretty excited about it. Like he's, he's honestly thrilled to go be martyred. Um, and I was just like, wow, what, a, what an amazing saint. Yeah. Um, and he writes that it was, you know, it was the heretics of the early church that didn't believe in the body and blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, he's writing 107 <laughs> AD. And he, he knew, tradition tells us he knew the apostle John and Polycarp. Um, so I was thinking, you know, him and the Apostle John, they must have had some conversations about what it means uh, for the, what the Eucharist means. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to trust his word over my interpretation of the scripture. Mm -hmm. So from right then, I was like, well, you know, I'm either going to have to become Orthodox Christian or Catholic. So then I was, I went to an Orthodox church for about four months and was pretty sure I was going to become Orthodox because they presented it as, you know, uh, ancient Christianity without the papacy. And okay. I was like, I'm sold, right? Because mm -hmm. the papacy was my That was your, your thing yeah. you were hung up on. Yeah. yeah, so I was I was struggling with that. And uh, eventually I, I, I realized that there was a lot of Protestant tendencies within Orthodoxy um, okay. where they didn't have a, a, a centrally defined magisterium to give, you know, solemn decrees. They haven't had an ecumenical council in over like a thousand years. Um, so I was like, you know, I'll give the papacy thing a shot. I started to realize like, you know, maybe there is this need for this, this central, you know, unity. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I read the book, The Early Papacy by Adrian Fortescue, um, written in the earliest, early 20th century, um, where he gives basically evidence for early, the early church's acceptance of the papacy. And I read it. Um, I, I started studying some of the uh, Marian apparitions. So Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Lourdes. Mm -hmm. And it was March of last year where... I got on my knees and I, I 
told God, like, I, you know, I'm ready to, to join the Catholic Church. And then I entered, uh, I guess, candidate class. And then seven months later, I was part of the Catholic Church. Wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so pretty exciting. My friends are really confused and my family, but <laughs> so are what about your friends then? So you said you didn't have like Protestant friends. Are they are they all cradle Catholics? Or are they nothing? Like the nuns or Um, I think they were all cradle Catholics. Okay. I'm pretty sure every single one. So my two best friends, if you're watching, are John and Luke. Okay. Um, which is just ironic. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's, a uh, I have friends, Andrew, um, so like all, you know, biblical names. Yeah. Um, but he's, uh, actually he's Jewish, but, um, so yeah, they, they were all cradle Catholics, but, you know, kind of classic, um, CCD dropouts, like mm -hmm. they saw it as just something that they had to do, um, yeah. which was too bad. So I think it gave me kind of a negative impression of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's my bad, but, uh, you know, um, so yeah, so I now I don't know how many of them know I'm Catholic, but okay. I think some of them do. We yeah. were really close, and you know, yeah. so yeah. So do you find it really strange then, like to look at cradle Catholics and see like so many fall away from the church when you were so drawn to it? And yeah, yeah, I do. So I think one of the things I heard um, from this convert, a Jewish convert, who actually had a vision of the Virgin Mary, which is yeah. unbelievable. Uh, his name is Roy Schumann. Um, he said the only conceivable advantage that a convert could have over a cradle Catholic is that they can kind of see more clearly sometimes what cradle Catholics can't see that they have. Mm -hmm. Like he, he, he worded it more eloquently than I did, but, um, basically, yeah, it, it can become kind of routine or something that is just, um, I don't know, just ritual, mm -hmm. um, a lot more easily than converts, um, can see it that way. So that's that's pretty much it but otherwise you know you go through the the long process of trying to find god and other um things that are you know of this world which which don't work but god uses mm -hmm. them for good so yeah definitely yeah. that's yeah. important to remember too mm -hmm. awesome yeah so now you're studying theology mm -hmm. it was well, seems like you're already you're already so like educated and done, had done so much um reading and that kind yeah. of thing like so motivated um mm -hmm. Uh, so how are your, your studies going and what, where do you plan to go from here? So studies are going, uh, well so far. Um, right now I'm taking a class on Thomas Aquinas, which is kind of like, I haven't studied him, so I'm really excited uh, to study him. Um, and some of the stories about him are pretty awesome. Um, studying the New Testament and liturgy. So, um, so far it's going well. Um, you know, after this degree, um, which I'll finish, I think maybe next summer, um, you know, I could see myself going two routes. One would be teaching, mm -hmm. um, and the other would be potentially the priesthood. Um, and you know, you get people telling you to slow down because, you know, as a convert, people see that you can be a little bit overzealous sometimes. So I've heard the, the slow down, um, <laughs> recommendation uh, yeah. a lot. Um, I, I mean, and it's good because I'm not the most patient human being. So I think it is, it, it is wise and it's something I need to hear, but, um, I think right now, um, I would be surprised if I didn't go that direction. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, well we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Discerning and figuring out Thank where you. you're called. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll need it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to backtrack a little bit and go back on something you said earlier mm -hmm. about the exorcisms, um, and it's not something that we discuss a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And actually, Brianna and I, the first time that we hung out 
um, we ended up talking about this and we we're like oh okay like this is something that's cool like you don't find that a lot mm -hmm. even among Catholics mm -hmm. um, so I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about all that yeah I mean personally I think it's some of the best proof for Catholicism um, because mm -hmm. if this stuff exists if the spiritual realm exists mm -hmm. I mean um, I mean atheism goes out the window um, and I think that you know, if you find a, if you find like an old lady or a young child who doesn't speak Latin, starting to speak Latin and speaking it backwards, I mean, that's, there needs to be a supernatural explanation for it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think um, the more we recognize that this is a spiritual world that we live in and that it's spiritual warfare that we're in, um, the more likely we are to see that this stuff is, is real and that like, um, you know, Christ, that's how his ministry got started, was through exorcisms. That's how his fame spread throughout Galilee. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, we're reading the Gospel of Mark for class right now, and, you know, he's just performing exorcisms left and right, you know, and, and it's, um, they realize that his authority to cast out demons is, like, one of the signs of his divinity. So, I think it's something that's lost that we should, like, bring up more often now. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it ultimately, I think, was the thing that convinced me the most at first. So, okay. yeah. And, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm a little bit, like, ignorant of, like, Protestantism um, and stuff. So, like, is that something that's in, the like, the Protestant tradition? Had you, like, come across that before? Yeah. Um, so, like, they believe it, but okay. they don't have anyone that can really do it. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. but, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, like, that's why I was always, But they do like, believe. Yeah, okay. so they would believe it. Um, okay. But... Yeah, it, so I was always kind of fascinated by it. I was like, well, who do you call? And there's a yeah. funny joke. It's like, well, I think everyone deep down knows that if they need an exorcism, they're going to call a Catholic, Catholic priest. priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. They, they, they would be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so then as well, like, what were the other misconceptions maybe that you had about the church um, besides the papacy? Was there anything that really stuck out that was a bit of a, a sore topic or like um, you couldn't wrap your head around? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, not that much. Um, I honestly, that was pretty much it. So I, 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 God gave me the grace to not have any resistance towards the Marian dogmas or purgatory or um, the Eucharist. It kind of all clicked into place. It was like, of course, like this makes all the sense in the world. Um, I was actually shocked by the like little amount we talked about Mary in the mm -hmm. Protestant church. So we would just read a passage about Mary and not mention her. And I was like, you know, she seems pretty important. Um, and so I was, I was kind of shocked. So I remember actually one of the things that got me really interested in Catholicism was it seemed, it seemed right that Mary should be a perpetual virgin. It just seemed like that would be the right thing for her. Like she'd mm -hmm. be consecrated to God that way. And I was like, I know Catholics believe this. I'm sure they have some sort of reason. Let's see what it is. So I looked it up and read about it for probably like two hours. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, Mary's a perpetual virgin. Like it's, it's obvious, um, or it seems obvious. And there's, and there's really good scriptural evidence for it too. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a few verses that people that um, refute that uh, dogma will you know, center on. Yeah. But um, there's, there's really, really good evidence for it. So uh, when it came to Mary, uh, there wasn't that much, mm -hmm. wasn't that much. It was kind of all fell into place. It was really, it was really the papacy. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think as well like that, if, if there's something that you don't agree with, you can always, you're surely going to find a line somewhere. And if you take it out of context, it's going to like prove your point. You know what I mean? Yeah. For like, um, not believing in like the virginity of Mary or whatever exactly. it might be like anything. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be those things taken out of context. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like the bigger, 
mm-hmm. the bigger picture and the whole story. Yeah, yeah. You can you can take verses out and make it seem Protestant. You can take verses out and make it seem Catholic. But mm-hmm. I think when you um, you know debates are really good to watch too about certain topics because they kind of can't escape those verses. They have to confront the other verses. So uh, debates were a huge part in my conversion as well. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Have you ever visited any of the Marian apparition sites or anything like that? No, but I want to really badly. So I want to go to uh, Fatima. Um, I want to go, yeah, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to go on some pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. That's super You'll have awesome. to go to Knock. To in Knock. Ireland. Yeah. Yes, I've heard of Our Lady. Yeah, I've heard of Our Lady of Knock. It was, uh, <laughs> it was her, like, uh, I guess, feast day or something, like, uh, yeah, like a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm big, big on the Marian apparitions, so yeah. yeah. They're mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. So from here then, is there anything, any one piece of advice maybe that you would give to somebody who is in the position that you were in a couple of years back and maybe thinking about becoming Catholic or mm-hmm. looking for that deeper meaning and purpose in life? Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you would tell somebody? Yeah. So I think there's like, there's the intellectual barrier where people feel like it's not an intellectually uh, sound position mm-hmm. to be Catholic or Christian. And I would say um, I was shocked at how untrue that was. Um, I think it's it's actually the most intellectual position to take. It makes the most sense. So I would say um, give it a shot. Um, watch some debates between, you know, there's William Lane Craig. There um, uh, is a good uh, Christian Protestant apologist, but there's also good Catholic apologists like Patrick Madrid and, um, and others. Um, and I would say ultimately, um, you know, I've tried... Uh, living the worldly life and it can provide that temporary pleasure that you're looking for um, but you weren't created for that purpose you weren't created merely for that purpose so um, you're called to a much a much higher way of living um, by the creator of the universe which is just you know mind-blowing so I think once you recognize that um, things start to fall into place and make a lot of sense and um, if you look at me five years ago versus today I mean it's there's just such a radical change in my life that is, I think, only explained supernaturally. So um, I would say don't close your heart to it um, because uh, a quote that I love is like, holiness is never boring. It's always exciting, actually. So it's actually sin that, that's boring. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, sin's boring, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Been there, done that, and yeah. leaving it behind. <laughs> it's, it's okay, but it'll, yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll ruin you. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Sure, it's so great to talk about like your quest for truth and just to see your um, passion for it. Um, it's just, it's really great. It's yeah. a great witness. Thanks for having me. So, Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Yeah.